You must pursue this investigation of Watergate even if it leads to the president. I'm innocent. You've got to believe I'm innocent. If you don't, take my job. Richard M. Nixon Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight no matter who it might offend. Let me start by saying that for me, perhaps the most annoying legacy of the break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters in the Watergate office building in 1972 is that the media now feels the need to add the word gate to the end of every scandal that comes along, from email gate regarding Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server, to Bridgegate, the shutting down of the George Washington Bridge in Fort Lee, New Jersey, to punish a political rival, to, and I'm not kidding, Donutgate, when singer Ariana Grande was caught on video licking unpurchased donuts in Lake Elsinore, California. There's just no need for this nonsense. Anyway, that digression aside, let's take a look at some of the myths about the Watergate scandal that led to the resignation of President Richard M. Nixon. Maybe the biggest myth about the scandal is that Richard Nixon was impeached because of it. He wasn't. To date, only three U.S. presidents have been impeached. Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump. And none were convicted and removed from office. Nixon was actually never impeached by the House of Representatives. Formal hearings did begin in May of 1974, and in July, the House Judiciary Committee approved three articles of impeachment. But after the Supreme Court ruled that he had to turn over 64 Watergate-related tape recordings of White House conversations, Nixon knew impeachment and removal were inevitable. He resigned the presidency on August 9, 1974, before the full House could vote on the articles of impeachment. He thus became the only U.S. president to ever resign from office, but he wasn't ever impeached. Another myth that has sprung up over the decades is that the break-in ordered by the Nixon administration to gain information that would help his 1972 re-election campaign made no sense because he was going to win regardless. In hindsight, this seems logical, given that Nixon destroyed his Democratic opponent, Senator George McGovern, 520 electoral votes to 17, winning every state but Massachusetts in the District of Columbia in the process. It was the largest margin of victory ever until Ronald Reagan's 1984 landslide win. But both in January 1972, when the break-in was first proposed, and on June 17th, when it actually took place, Nixon's re-election was not so certain. During this period, polls between the president and his likely contenders were relatively close, as they tend to be at the end of a president's first term. Nixon had no certainty that he would be re-elected. There was a fierce battle for the Democratic nomination and controversy surrounding nearly all the candidates, resulting in McGovern's eventual nomination in, 1970, in July of 1972, one month after the Watergate break-in. McGovern was a deeply flawed candidate, but Nixon didn't know that at the time of the Watergate break-in. Our final myth 
is one that really needs to be crushed once and for all. It's the prevailing idea that Watergate was politics as usual, but that Nixon was just dumb enough to get caught. This is a wholly cynical view of history and the presidency that in many ways is the result of the Watergate scandal itself. Following Nixon's downfall, conservative commentators were also quick to accuse Democratic presidents like FDR and LBJ of similar misdeeds, though even these unproven accusations were paltry in comparison to what Nixon actually did. Besides the Watergate break-in, Nixon was obsessed with finding evidence of wrongdoing from John F. Kennedy's administration, so bitter and angry was he still over his narrow loss to Kennedy in 1960. Nixon became more and more paranoid as his years in office went on, seeing enemies and plots against him everywhere. What Nixon did was not politics as usual, and to think it is, it's just wrong. So those are three big myths about the Watergate scandal debunked. I hope that you're all staying safe, all staying well, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.